0: Well, we always like to take a second to welcome those who are joining us on the live broadcast, Church Online, those who jump in on TV, those who watch on the archive. Thanks for joining us. Um, and you're, you're coming in as we're celebrating some new locations. We've opened up in uh, two places in Montana, Great Falls and Butte, and then also in Portland, Oregon. Fresh Life has now reached out to it. Uh, so uh, but welcome, welcome. Come on, help me greet those on the internet. It's always so good to have people tuned in. We're starting a new series of messages. And what we're going to do is we're going to come around the topic of relationships. How many of you are in a relationship? Anybody at all? Raise up your hand. Pretty consistent. All weekend long, it's been the strangest thing. People have been not raising their hand if they're not dating somebody. And uh, you do know being a child means you're in a relationship. You know, being a brother means you're in a relationship. Being a mom means you're in a relationship. But it's been funny. And I think it, 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 we, we sort of think about being in a relationship only in terms of intimacy. Only in terms of romance, and of course, if you're romantically linked up with someone, if you're married to someone, then there is a relationship that you are in. But there are more relationships in our life than just the ones that involve our hearts in that that unique way. And what we want to really do is open up. When I said relationship series, I meant uh, sister brother, I meant grandparent grandson, I, I meant uh, coworker, annoying coworker. <laughs> I, I meant um, I meant your neighbor. That's a relationship, too. Life, think about it, is actually brimming over with relationships. And what we want to do is we want to spend the next five weeks really honing in on the relationships in our lives. We want to make the good ones better. We want to make the bad ones less bad. We want to make the unbearable ones (laughs) a little bit less unbearable so far as it lies within us. Doesn't that sound good? Who wants to get better at relationships? I do. And I think it's, it should be as a, a source of relief to you that the art of relationship, it's not a genetic predisposition. It's a, it's a choice that takes grit and determination. It's not like, I'm good at them. I'm not. I know I'm not. I took a personality test. It said I'm not cheerful. Right? So I, I just know that's not me. That's not my lane. I'm staying in my lane, girl, right? So, so I know me, and that's not me. Listen, I get some people are more gregarious. Some are tiggers. Some are poo bears. Some are ears. I, I'm with you on that. But, but at the end of the day, I think we can all choose to improve ourselves. We can all choose to get better. And so much of it, I think, uh, our, our mistakes in relationships come from we just take relationships as they are without realizing we have a say in the matter, we can improve them. Uh, Great relationships are not turnkey or maintenance-free. They take work. They take effort. Y'all, some assembly is required. And expecting a relationship to work just by virtue of you being in it is like making a trip to Ikea to get that new couch or to get that new uh, you know, media center, or dining room table, or bedroom set, and once you eat your meatball and pronounce the Swedish word that you're looking for, because you saw it on the website, the slogan that's what I wanted, right? <laughs> you, you now, is that, is that Swedish? You now, how do you like my Swedish? Now you bring this home, and it's it's in a flat pack box. How they get all that in there is amazing. Whose job is that to figure out how to do that, right? And disassembly is required. So get it all tiny in this box, and you bring it home. But imagine how frustrated you would be and how silly it would be for you to bring that home and set it up in your living room and just sit on that tiny like, box. <laughs> your friend comes over, and you're like, have a seat. This is my couch. You're like, they're like, wait, in the box? like, yeah, isn't it great, right? Yes. And then you're, you're frustrated. They're like, they, they point out to you how ridiculous you look. And so you're like, this is stupid. You're right. And after a couple of weeks of sitting on the box, you take it back to Ikea and be like, that couch sucks. <laughs> Give me my money back. That couch is terrible. And they'd be like, did, sir, did you open the couch? Like, did you exp- but, but, but that's, of course, a ridiculous illustration. But how many of us get into a marriage and then it's not what I thought it was going to be? It's not like I saw on the internet. The picture said it would do this, but my marriage isn't, my marriage isn't good. Listen, 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 listen. Every relationship in your life has the ingredients within it to do something fantastic. You just have to be willing to assemble the pieces. You just got to be willing to take them and fit them together. It takes effort. It takes hours of your back cramping, of of turning a little, Ikea, Jesus help us with the Allen wrench, right? How many hours you spend under there with that? And not just the diligent effort for installation initially, but preservation continually. Okay, I applied myself at one season. I went through the premarital. We worked at it. We went through the counseling intensive. There was a season where I really applied myself and the relationship got good. But if you take your your foot off the gas, you'll begin to coast, and inertia will eventually be lost. You'll eventually lose that momentum, and you'll eventually be unhappy with your relationship. It takes not only initial work, it takes ongoing work. It's like the Golden Gate Bridge. You know they say that that beautiful bridge it's painted international orange the paint is the primary thing preserving the bridge the paint is the primary barrier against corrosion. The paint is the primary way they keep it from falling into the Pacific Ocean and make it safe to drive across uh, you know, to San Francisco and be in the opening for full house and all of that, right? It's, it's the paint. It's the paint. They've actually removed the paint entirely several different times as technology has allowed them to realize, hey, if the lead's not the best way to do it. This is, and so I mean, imagine that job. You've got to take all the paint off the Golden Gate Bridge and put this new paint on. And, and so what they do is they, they paint the thing continuously. They're always painting some portion of the Golden Gate Bridge because just as they've gotten through one piece of it, another piece has now begun to slip. And that's how great relationships are. You're working on one area. You got to work on this area. You got to keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. That assembly is constantly required. Now, by way of a plan of attack, What we're going to do throughout the course of this series, and this one's just the introduction, we're not even really going to get too much into the nuts and bolts of it, because I just kind of want to set things up for you a little bit here. you got to come back. Uh, I'm I'm just telling you, if you make the commitment for the five weeks of this series to be here, I think we will all see some improvement. Maybe by way of a challenge, maybe say, like, four out of five of them, I'm going to be here in person at the Fresh Life location I attend. And that fifth one, when Billy's got his soccer game, or, you know, whatever, Johnny's got the flu, or, you know, whatever, like, just catch the Podcast that week, but can you say four out of five? My family, we're going to be here. I owe it to the relationships in my life. I owe it to my company to be that kind of an employee. As a leader, as I don't care if you're the if Billy's the captain of the soccer team, you owe it to those under your leadership on that soccer team. Is it always Billy? I'm sorry, I apologize. uh, He's just the foil. If your name's Billy, this is gonna be a tough church for you to attend because he's like, oh, I'm always throwing Billy under the bus, little Billy. But um, but 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 just 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 make that commitment, make that effort to be here multiple weeks in a row. And I, I, I think we will all see some improvement. Yeah. And I, I wonder if even just at the, at the beginning, you might not even just write down a relationship in your journal in your life that's tough and you're going to really give some concerted effort. Maybe it won't be a massive amount of growth, but maybe it'll be a little bit. Maybe it'll be just enough to give you confidence that if you apply yourself, you can actually see some progress. Because when you finally start to see some change, OK, this is working. OK, let's, we're on to something here. Come on, somebody, 1% at a time, 1% at a time, 1% at a time. We want that quick fix. We want that magic bullet. We want Amazon Prime to deliver us epic relationship awesome sauce. It is not on there. I have checked. And so what we have to do. It's just do the hard work of, of showing up and keep trying. So you, you with me on that? Four out of five, let's be here. And that fifth one, we'll catch the podcast, catch it on, on, the, on the playback. So, so great. But plan of attack. Um, we're not going to be identifying each week of the series a kind of relationship and honing in on it. This is the week for second cousins. This is the week for second wives. This is the week for, you know, this is the boss... We've, we've, we've preached that way. and I've done it before uh, in different series. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've had to mix it up. I've been doing this for 10 years here. And, and so we've had a lot of different series. And so many of them, there's a wealth of them archived on the app and on our website. You can go back and listen to different ones. But what but, but I feel like God would have us to do in this series would be to give every single week of the series, f- f- including this one, a tool that will help you get better at every relationship in your life right so, so so important too because new relationships are always popping up and so if, I, if we just focus in on how to approach specifically one area, well, that's great for that one. But what about all the other ones? So, so instead, if we could get better uh, by learning a tool, by, if assembly is required, we'll need the different tools. And if each week of the series, we can get a different tool that we could apply at home, apply at work, apply at school, apply at sport, apply to strangers, to, uh, to anybody, to everybody, and uh, everybody in between, I think that would be helpful for all of us. Anybody with me on that? That's a plan. All right, and here's where we're going to begin, all right? Here's our first tool to get better at relationships. Ready? we're going to put it on the screen. Start with God. Start, that's the title of my message, and that's the first tool I wanted to give you. Jot it down. Start with God. Now you're like, "Um, Levi, uh, objection. Objection. Um, You said you're not going to be focusing on relationships specifically, but instead tools that apply to all. Stick with me objector, stick with me. Uh, If you have a Bible, Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Oh, by the way, we're going to be the entire series pulling principles from the book of Proverbs. I'm excited about it because I've never preached through it. So we're going to be picking pieces of the book of Proverbs. But I want you also to get the entire thing. So here's a challenge I'm laying out for you. Throughout the course of the Some Assembly Required, we're, as a church, going to be going through the Book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in it, one chapter a day starting tomorrow, all right? So those of you watching on TV, whenever you're watching this, tomorrow is tomorrow for you, okay? So all of us are getting a tomorrow. But what I want you to do is read one chapter a day, and, and then get this. It's so cool. We've taken our staff all across our entire church, different, three different states now, and we've assigned all different staff members for every weekday. So all five days of the weekdays throughout the course of the series, one of the proverbs for that day to give a little devo on. And you're like, well, how am I going to? I can't make it to the church. No, no it's going to be on Facebook Live and Instagram Live every weekday at noon MDT. So now in daylight time, at noon, there's going to be just a five-minute devo from a different staff member from that day's reading. Awesome. So ideally, you'll have already read it that morning. Proverbs 1 the first day, Proverbs 3 the third day. And then at noon, you you know, at lunch, you throw your earbuds in. If it's it's a smoky day, throw your gas mask on, whatever you got to do. And uh, that's a joke, because where we live, there's been wildfires that have been causing it to be difficult to breathe. And the air quality has been like toxic. And it's been funny to watch people walk, walking down the street briskly, walking their dog with like a, a surgical mask on. And, um, but, but at noon, jump on for that five-minute Devo. Be pumped up in your spirit. Who's, isn't that cool? I'm so excited about it. I hope you'll join in. Because the cool thing is you can be throwing comments down on Facebook Live. And, 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 and you'll, be the, you'll be the person giving an, a positive thing to say on Facebook. Not a lot of that going on uh, these days. But let's be positive commenters. Let's use our words to speak life. Let's use our words to build up. Anybody can tear down. That's easy. (laughs) Creating something, that's hard. Building up something, that's hard. Let's speak life. Let's let our words flow out with vitality. Let's encourage each other. Mama said it best. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, baby girl, don't say nothing. Just a thought. So that's what we're going to be doing. And then I'll be pulling from different parts of the series. Principles, you can come in here each week expecting to receive a tool or principle or a pitfall to avoid that will apply to every relationship you're in. Let's bring our friends. Let's invite people. It's going to be a really great life-building time in our church. Um, Proverbs 1, we're going to jump in at verse 3 where we're told what the book of Proverbs is. It says, a manual for living. Pause right there. Uh, who would like to say thank you, God, that we get a manual for living? Because we got a manual for everything else in life. I mean, I got a manual here for a 2016 Chevy Tahoe. It tells you everything you need to know about a 2016 Chevy Tahoe. Got the logo blacked out so I don't get sued when this goes on TV. Um <laughs> I got information here about the infotainment system. I got information about the Sirius. I got the Im- information about the uh, lock and unlock features. I got information about fan max speed, trailer wiring, ice possible drive with care. I got information about the oil pressure. I got information about the headrest. I got information about everything I could possibly need, airbags, seat restraints. I got information about seated, heated seat warmers, key doors and windows. There's a chapter about rear Power wash fluid, a key for when you're in a valet parking scenario. I mean, there is, there is so much infr- flex fuel, fuel economy, into your lighting. I got a book I can go to for any dilemma I got from my Chevy Tahoe, 2016, QR code on the back. Does anybody still use those? Don't know. Um, <laughs> I got, I got a camcorder manual here. This has helped me preach this message. I, if I go over here real fast, they'll jump to a wide shot. If I'm here for a while, they'll come in close for my beautiful close-up. If, if, and, and this is happening here. I, I don't know how it all works, but I could open this book up for any dilemma, for focus issues. If we're, if we're, if we're going to be real about it, then um, I'm not that thankful as I get older that HD technology just gets better and better as I w- look worse and worse. Um, I I got a manual here for for my wireless mic pack that's helped me preach this sermon. It's in my back pocket. And somehow, it through a wire that runs up my shirt that Tim ran down my shirt before the service started, (laughs) that, that, that as I'm talking, it catches it here and goes down here and then shoots through the air. To a board, and it pulls it into a speaker array that goes out, where it's eventually shot out to our 11 locations, hello, then it goes live on our radio stations, okay, and then it gets archived and gets listened to by approximately 80 to 100,000 people in a week, and then it goes out to our TV show, which reaches millions of people, including every uh, 50% of the prison systems in America, and a majority of the army bases, military bases, uh, goes out on church online where people can join in and be chatting, where they're hearing about things that went in through. And if we get any problems, like interference, like we're picking up a ham radio, it's happened. If, if, if the Coast Guard got super chatty, we, we, we come into a new city when we do tours and all of a sudden there's new interference that we aren't used to in the native environment. And so we, one of the first things they got to do is listen to the spectrum and analyze UHF, VHF, VCR, whatever <laughs> ADD they got going on. And this will tell you how to do all that just from this tiny little pack. Wow. And if you speak German, it's in there for that, too. <laughs> so the point is, we got manuals for everything, everything. You're like, well, like, how much of things? This is one for a high chair I have for my son Lennox. How many scenarios can there be for a high chair? It makes him not be low, but instead be high. It's got a seat belt. You pull it up to the table. That really should be it. It should just be one thing. Put him in it. Eat. You're done. Goodbye. But we got a manual for sitting high. And what is so refreshing to me is that in the Bible, God gave us, look at it one more time, a manual for living. And that's awesome. And you should thank Jesus because life has a lot more knobs and buttons and levers than my high chair. It's complicated stuff. Living is. And Solomon, who has been called the wisest person who ever lived, how he got that is a great story. You should read it sometime. It's amazing. God says... Poof, what do you need? Like Robin Williams to Aladdin. Poof, what do you need? Literally, it happened. The Bible says Solomon gave God a thousand burnt offerings, and that night God said, What do you want? Ask me. And I just love that because that's what radical generosity unleashes. And we're living proof of that. Here we sit at 11 campuses, but it's come as a result of sacrifice from many, 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 many people. Thousands of people have sacrificed. And God has said, what do you need? What do you want me to do? And we said, we want to go to Great Falls. And we said, we want to go to Utah. And we said, we want to go to Oregon. And we said, we want to fight for Montana. And we said, we will. We will go to Wyoming. And we said, we will release music. And we said, we will call a generation out to strength and out to honor and we will die trying to reach people stranded in sin so they can find life and liberty in Christ. And I will fight for you to receive your God-given blessing and you to fill up to your God-given potential and for you to walk in all that Jesus died for you to have. You can hate me all you want. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to preach to my dying breath. I'm thankful because we gave and God said, what do you want me to do? We said at one time like this, if we just give the blood, God will give the thunder. And when it comes, all we got to do is ride the lightning. And that's what we're doing right now. We are living out our dreams. And we're not ashamed of it at all. Emmanuel for living. We've read four words Better speed it on up. Oh, but Solomon said to God, when God said, poof, what do you need? Uh, Solomon said, I want to be smart. I want wisdom. He said, I'm young. Man, I'm I'm the king, but I, I don't know nothing, man. And I need wisdom to lead well. And I I can relate to that. You know, being thrust into all that God did at a young age. I mean, when we started this church, I was 24 years old. Jane and I are both 24 years old. And we just said, God, give us wisdom. And we've always felt like we've been skiing in front of an avalanche a little bit with the way that God blesses I mean, we had 1,000 people before we thought to buy a copy machine, you know? And... and, (laughs) It's just been always the growth that God's given has been ahead of the systems in place. And we've been playing catch up organizationally for a decade. And, and I, I relate to Solomon who said, God, just give me a heart of wisdom. I need wisdom to do this well. And God was blown away. And this isn't even my sermon. I'm getting distracted with the setup, y'all. Um, but, but, but God said, you could have asked for money. You could have asked for, for, for riches. You could have asked for power. You could have asked for for a, a hoverboard like Michael J. Fox wrote in Back to the Future Part 2. You could have asked for anything, but you asked for a heart of wisdom. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you all three. Wow. I'm going to give you all three. There will be no one richer than you, no one more powerful than you, and no one with more wisdom than you. And I just love that. when we. Eat- link our heart up with God's heart and we we are willing to say goodbye to our dreams. Sometimes God has a funny way of giving us the dreams back. We lay down at his feet. I'm just saying, I just feel like I'm preaching for somebody right now specifically. When you lay your dream down at his feet, he is safe to trust with it and he'll give you his dream for your life. And I, I I just dare you to believe in a more powerful way than you could ever have imagined, he'll also give you the desires of your heart. So that's Solomon's story. And being the wisest person in the world, I'm really glad that he chose to write a book. That's the kind of guy you want writing a book, you know, because he would have died. All that wisdom would have gone into the grave with him. But no, he gave it to us. A manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair. Who's it for? Well, continue on. To teach the inexperienced the ropes. Dang, that's helpful. Because every one of us are inexperienced in some regard. And as life goes on, we, though we are experienced, become inexperienced because we enter new seasons. Think about it. I'm in a season right now where my parents are getting older. And when my mom texts me, it's always something bad about her body. Uh, Not always, most of the time. Other times, it's weird pictures of cats. Um, (laughs) But she. She, one day I'm writing a book, Things My Mom Texted Me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just grateful she doesn't know about Twitter yet, because that would be, the world's not ready for that, I'm telling you. But don't tell her about it if you ever see her. Um, she she uh, fell out of a hammock. The hammock broke. She's lying in the hammock, hammock breaks, lands on the metal pole, and she already has a broken back, because she had gotten on a trampoline, she was just kind of jumping up and down, and she didn't know she had osteoporosis, and so she broke her back, then lying in a hammock to relax, she falls on the bar. And, and I'm in a different season, because I'm, sta- I'm states away, but I want to help her. I, I'm states away, but I want to be there for it. That's a new season for me. I wasn't expecting it. It crept up on me. You know, your parents just get older one day at a time, just like you do. And so, that's a, so even though I'm experienced now somewhat, I've been a dad for 11 years, so I'm got, that was new to me. Now I am feel like I'm getting the ropes to that a little bit. And, but now I'm in a new season because now I'm, I'm back into sun mode. You see what I'm saying? We go from experience to inexperience every day. And we got a manual for living. That's awesome. And give our young people a grasp on reality. Young people, you need to grasp on reality. Because when you're young, you feel like your mortality isn't real. And that's why we do such stupid stuff when we're young. And we think it's funny to not wear seatbelts and to not wear helmets. And we don't, we don't realize how, how much of a, a vapor life is. And how it can, go, it can go from one second to another. We're laughing and YouTube and Red Bull to ICU and tubes down throats. And just how, how fragile life is. We need to grasp on reality when we're young. Amen, somebody? You can, you, can, you can do stuff when you're young that, that lives on with you. Every day we're packing a time capsule to be opened up in a couple years, in a couple years, in a couple decades, in a couple decades. And uh, so we need a grasp on reality. Now, you're, you old people, whenever I preach like that, I was like, yeah, tell those young punks what to do, you know? <laughs> but there's something here also for seasoned men and women. Don't you love how he covers every base there is? Seasoned men and women. Still a thing or two for the experience to learn fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate the rhymes, I love this, and reasons of wise men and women. <laughs> so at the end of the day, this manual is for all of us. Yeah. OK, you're like, dang, get into it, sucker. Like, I, need, I need all this. All right, here we go. This is where he's going to begin. Verse 7, start with God. So start with God. Yeah. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. You ever get something that you ordered online, and you're putting it together, and you kind of want to rush to what you think is going to be the final step? Like maybe it's not as much assembly. It's just kind of like installation. And so you want to rush to do something, and you do it, and it doesn't work. And then you go back, and you see at the first page of the manual that you had declined to open up, Whatever you do, don't do this first. And it's the thing you just did, and you're like, oh, crap. (laughs) I'm even worse. I've done it where, like, there's stickers on it that say that nine times all over the product, and I just ripped them off quickly and did the thing and didn't work, and then I, whatever. (laughs) What I love about this here that feels like it's not a tool but makes it a tool is that we are inclined, when we talk about relationships, to want to immediately move on to my cousin who's annoying me and to my brother, who bugs me, and to my spouse and I, who are having this issue. And we want to rush to talk about how how to be a better mom. And we want to figure it. But if if you're not careful, your life can become a game of (laughs) whack-a-mole. Whack, whack, whack. And it's funny how even even success in one area can cause you to feel like you're failing in another. Okay, now I focus on work. And I'm crushing it at work a little bit. I'm being successful here. But now I realize I'm failing at home. I've been neglecting my spouse. I haven't been present for my kids. Even when I am present, I'm on my phone. Like all my kids ever see is just me on my phone, right? Like, like that's not what we want. So then we focus on that. But then as we're doing that, but then the expectations are over here. Cause didn't didn't your mom say she wanted you back for Thanksgiving, but you were really kind of looking forward to Thanksgiving with just your immediate family? Okay, so now you're winning with your with your, your parents, but you're losing with your kids. And then you try and 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 all of a sudden uh, we, we feel like we're on a seesaw. One side goes up, does that force another side down? Do I have to choose to be successful or to be great relationally, right? Is it going to be in my sports life that I'm great or, or in my spiritual? Like, we just all of a sudden now feel like one thing goes up, one thing goes down. And the moment we're killing it in one area now, we have to deal with the fact that there's people that we thought were our friends who are becoming jealous of us and envious of us, right? And that's a reality, too, because sometimes people who have given up their dreams resent you for living yours. There's a little bit of truth to that hate you because they ain't you kind of a thing, where now all of a sudden I'm being su- successful here, but I'm experiencing fires breaking out on fronts and, and fights showing up on, on sides of my life that I thought were fine and short up because they were always with me until I walked away from them a little bit to walk towards what God had for me. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing they weren't ever really with me. And so what's going on here? Well, here's, here's the problem. We're missing the crucial first step and we're neglecting a tool because if we would start with God, it's one relationship in your life that unlike any other relationship has the ability to improve the quality of every human relationship you are in all at one time. So instead of playing whack-a-mole, we can get off the seesaw. And instead, first things go first. And if we get better at walking with God, all of a sudden, we are a better version of ourselves to approach work, to approach school, to approach home. To approach romance and intimacy, start with God, Solomon says. This is crucial. Jesus said it too, didn't he? Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Our problem is we go seeking after all the other things at the expense of the most important thing, but if we put the most important thing in the proper place, then every other thing will eventually fall where it should be as well. It's not only a relationship, it's also a tool. Because if we get better at walking with God, we'll get better at everything. Now, you would say to me, great, how do I start with God? How, How do I get better at walking with God? The answer is in the question. You start with God relationally by starting with God literally. What do you mean? I mean that in the plainest possible sense of the word. Come back, we'll get practical on human relationships, but I mean this just as far as the mechanics of your day. Every day, that's the first point, jot that down. Start with God every day. What do you mean? I mean when a new day begins, begin with him. Just give him some time before you give time to anything else because you are spending time like money every day that you live. So just make sure you spend it on him first. So new day begins, start with Jesus. Because guess what? You are shaped by what you start with. Great. Great. Yeah. And so if you start with Jesus by reading his word, by talking to him in prayer, you're like, oh, prayer, that's I have every intention of praying, but I try and I don't get it. Well, maybe you need to get up from your knees and, and walk around. Maybe you need to just take a walk with God. Maybe, maybe you need to put earbuds in and just talk to him driving. People think you're on the phone, right? Maybe you need to put God in as a contact on your phone. You seem to be very vocal through your thumbs. OK, talk to God with your thumbs. I wrote most of my book, Through the Eyes of a Lion, which began as sort of a prayer journal on my phone. I couldn't type for some reason. I couldn't write with a pen, but I could write with my thumbs. For some reason, it just flowed out. And what eventually became the book, Through the Eyes of a Lion, started out with just me kind of crying out to God in the midst of pain and difficulty and. Telling Telling him things that help me and telling him things that hurt me. And, and so it was just power that came out of prayer. And I'm just telling you, when you begin your day, not with CNN, not with Twitter, not with uh, you know, some fashion magazine, not with a novel, not with a movie, not with a, a quick half a bite of a bagel, a quick burn your th- throat on a coffee and rush out because you, you snooze 17 times before you got out of bed. But when you choose to set aside 15 minutes and you say, hey, I'm just going to take some time to listen pause my heart to throw a worship song on. I'll I'll grab Fresh Life Worship off Spotify. I'll throw some Follow Fresh on. I'll get my fortress on. When it releases in early 2018, I'm going to listen to this song. You've been running after me the whole time, Mm, cry, run out the door. Now, all of a sudden, you're a better version of yourself, aren't you? Take a moment and be silent. The Bible talks about meditation, which is listening to God, meditating on something you've read. I heard someone say, read the Bible until something jumps out of you, then shut it. Because if you rush on to read something else before applying the first thing, you're in danger of having your heart hardened to what you needed to have changed. Wow. And, 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 and so, but, but that, that's great. But also, on the days where you don't get anything out of it, don't be fooled by it. Yeah. Don't be fooled if you don't get anything out of it, because you're only perceiving that you did not What you got out of it might be something you don't yet know you need, but God wanted to give to you before the difficulty came. So, so don't be tricked by that. You go a whole week with thing thinking That's cool. I'm just going to get into a groove. I'm just going to get into a groove. I'm just going to listen to God. I'm just going to talk to God. I'm just going to worship God. I'm not going to be tricked by my feelings. My worship is not a, a, a feeling that produces acts. It's an act that at times produces feelings. You see? And, and, and know this, that if you don't worship God, you're missing on the chance to receive that day's mercies. Because Lamentations 3 says that God's so faithful, His mercies don't allow us to be consumed, His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. They get reset every day. It's like a bakery that throws out its cookies at nighttime, right? So if you don't get that day's mercies, they're gone. Now, there's new mercies tomorrow, but you miss out on the chance to get that day's mercies. And who knows what you might have been able to do with that day's mercies. So come on, somebody. They don't roll over. Get them while they're hot each day. Get that day's mercies and tomorrow's mercies, because tomorrow you can't get yesterday's mercies. You can never go back in time and and be changed by God if you don't get it today. you got to keep it in the present tense. All right. So every day you start with God. Second way you start with him every dollar. Every time a new dollar comes into your life, the discipline that you want to develop is where you start with him. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 puts it this way. Look at this. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Then your barns will be be bursting, and your wine vats will brim over. That's speaking of God's blessing on your life. So here's what scripture teaches. When you get paid, every single time you get paid, you're taking a test. The test is who will you honor highest, and that's who you pay first. So, if you pay mortgage first, if you pay Verizon first, if you pay American Express first, you're honoring those things as the highest position. Whoever gets the first is who you're putting in the highest place in your life. So, what Scripture teaches is that we should put our hearts in God's kingdom. Because why? How do we? How does that work? Jesus said, "Wherever your treasure goes, that's where your heart is. No matter what you buy, you think about it." Uh, When I When we found out we were pregnant with Lennox, I had to buy all new baby stuff because we got rid of everything because we were done having kids. Surprise, right? (laughs) And and so I can't tell you how much time I spent watching reviews on strollers and car seats and reviewed the uh, latest information on safety and side impact, right? And, 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 And as I bought these things, two things happened. I not only became knowledgeable and began talking about it to other people more, like if people are having a baby like help me talk to you about strollers. Like, I'm, like here's my staff laughing because it's true. And, and like I'll I'll stop someone on on the airplane, and be like, that's a baby Zen Yo Plus. I love that stroller. I I think it's great. Folds up very small. I like that. The guys like ha ha ha. He's from, he was from France. France. Um, but, but. But what I invested in, both in time and money, I cared about. I cared about it. And, and get this, I, I was tracking it pretty compulsively. Because when I get a tracking number from FedEx, I'm dangerous. I, I'm just <laughs> I'm gonna track it, I'm going to track it, I'm going to track it, I'm going to track it. Like every day, I'm going to track it, I'm going to track it. I have to be careful. I'll track, I literally will track something before I have my quiet time if I'm not careful. <laughs> and, and, and so it's because investment has been made, and your heart's invested in those things. So it's not only because God's going to bless you, he will. He will bless you if you put him first financially. It's what we talk about all the time, tithing, Where whatever God gives you, you get the first and the best. You've got to start it when you're young because it seems crazy if you wait. If you're a kid and you get a $5 gift from your grandma for your birthday, 50 cents to Jesus is no big deal at all. But if you wait now all of a sudden you're making $24,000 a year, and you could think of a lot of things you could do with that $2,400. That's why these rhythms, they start when they're small. The the, the, the tithe checks that you'll be able to write as you follow God and walk in his faithfulness will stagger you, but you can never start there. That's like jumping in on 300 pounds on the bench press without first getting on with just the bar. So you've got to start with those baby steps of tithing, and eventually you can get in a greater and greater and greater gears of generosity where you're able to give away what you never would think of ever even making at some point in your journey. And the more you give, the more you're invested because your heart's bought into God's kingdom. It's amazing how that works. Here's the third thing. Jot this down. Every decision. Life's full of difficult decisions and choices where do I live, and, and who do I marry, and you know, is it Bulletproof or paleo, right? You got all these hot yoga or Pilates. We got choices. We got decisions, right? I'm, I'm, I'm with, people in Portland are with me. People in Montana are like, well, what are you talking about now exactly, <laughs> right? Um, I don't trust it. That's why I never trust people from California, right? Listen, listen, listen. We got, we got choices. Do we go bow hunting or rifle hunting? Whoa, are we awake, class? Are we awake? <laughs> There we go. All right, so Ford or Chevy, right? And, and, and so these are the decisions that we're making in life. And, and, and what I'm saying to you, you should see your angry faces. Um, I'm saying that, that we should think about what God thinks about a decision before anything else. I'm, I know I'm, we're having fun here, but there are serious decisions you're going to make about job offers you're going to take and what college you're going to go to and, and who you're going to do life with. These are huge things. And I'm, I'm saying that we should start with God, not end with God. I have this conversation a lot with people. Because when, when I travel, um, you know, preaching out and speaking out, I, I'll bump into people. And I've, on a couple occasions, met people from Fresh Life, who at one point were plugged into one of our churches here. And they'll say to me, hey, I'm living here in the city now. I'm so glad you and Jenny are here. Oh my god, it's so good to see you guys and to be into the preaching again. And, and do you know any churches in this area I could go to? Do you know any, Like almost like the desperation in their eyes. It's, we've been here for two months. It's been tough. Just, is there any church you know of in this area? And I always, I always ask um, myself, is this, is this the first time they ask this question? Is this when you're now? so now that you moved here, now that you accepted the job, now that you've relocated your whole life here, now you want to get around to talking about where will I, what, where will my church be? What, what will be good for my spiritual life? Because I guarantee you, they, they looked into cost of living, they looked into the schools, they looked into you know, parks, recreation, rollerblading, all that stuff they were thinking about. You know, oh, man, the Maggie Daly Park in Chicago, that's pretty good. And if I'm here, I can do this, and here, I can do this. But, but why would the last thing we would consider be the impact of it on our soul? And we as parents, if our children are are thriving and planted in God's house, we better think real carefully before we uproot them. Not that God wouldn't ever call us to. We're not saying that. This isn't manipulative at all. We're just saying we want to start with God, when the equation. You're like, you don't get it though, pastor. It's a lot of money. My family will do better with a lot of money. The life I can give them out there, I hope it's a lot of money. Because I hear rehab is expensive. And, uh, and if, they're, if they're killing it in their walk with God, we just want to be very careful that that's not the last thing we consider, yeah. is what the spiritual impact yeah. would be. So we start with God when making difficult decisions. One of my favorite verses in the book of Proverbs is uh, Proverbs 3, 4 through 7. Look at it in the Living Bible. It says, if you want favor with both God and man and a reputation for good judgment and common sense, then trust the Lord completely. Don't ever trust yourself. Don't go with your gut, right? In everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. That's what we're after, our efforts being crowned with success by God because we didn't consider what he thinks of any decision we make last. He's the first one we go to. We go to him in prayer. We ask for godly counsel, and we consider that at the highest part of our list. Does that sound like it can move you towards where you want to be in life? All right, every disagreement, we start with God. Every disagreement, that's the next one. We need to start with God when we're in conflict. We need to start with God when we're in a fight. I think so often when our, and we're going we're to circle back on this, so I won't spend a lot of time here because obviously if we're going to be better at the art of relationships, we need to be better at the art of conflict. And I hope you'll come back because we're going to definitely open up the vault and and talk a little bit about what God's word and what, what wisdom would have us to know about when we get into those moments when we start to see red and we start to get crazy. And then we do those things that we almost come back to, like we're discovering something that, that Mr. Hyde did. And Dr. Jekyll's like, what? Who did this? And you know, we're like, oh, you did that, right? Yeah. Mark Ruffalo waking up in a pile of bricks. Like, you came flying through that ceiling with no pants on, pal, right? How many of you have been there relationally? Right? Anybody with me? Like, you've done and said things. I'm the only one. I get it. It's fine. No, 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 please leave me up here alone. I'll be OK. Um, but we all are capable of doing things in a disagreement. And that could have been fixed if we would have started with God. And taken a second, deep breath, center ourselves a bit, ask God for some counsel, pray about it for just a moment, and then acted before we send the text message, before we unfollowed them on Instagram. That'll show them all. That'll show them, right? It's like, and so in every disagreement, look what Proverbs says on the subject of conflict as well. I think it's Proverbs 19. It says, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. In the entire kingdom of this world, we are the only creature that's been graced with being made in God's image. We're very like animals in almost every regard. I mean, you think about the difference between a human being and a monkey. It's it's very small. But what the Bible says makes us distinct is that we were made in God's image. So yes, we're essentially the, the dust and carbon and all the, the same elements, biologically speaking. But we have self-awareness. We have a sense of humor. We have the knowledge of good and evil. And it is the glory of a man to overlook a transgression. There is no reason for a tiger to do that. If a tiger's been wronged, the tiger wrongs back. It is our glory made in God's image to choose to overlook a transgression. And But that can only come as we, in our disagreements, start with God. Doesn't that sound like it could help you? Yes. could help me. Let's do it together. All right. Last one. Every difficulty. When you get into a hard spot, when you get into a difficult place in your life, you need to start with God. Because otherwise, what will happen is hardship will come, and you'll think, where's the goodness of God? And you'll think, well, God's abandoned me. You know, I I wonder if there's not people in Florida who are saying, like, oh, God, where where are you in this? Where where are you in this? God, a church being torn down? I'm trying to follow you, and this happens. I get laid off. This this happens, and and I'm trying to seek you. And we'll misunderstand that God always deposits his greatest treasures in the midst of what can be the the most horrific circumstances. And, And here's what Proverbs says on that subject, that just as a refiner's fire purifies gold and silver, God is seeking to purify hearts. And if we start with God when life gets difficult, we will not raise our hands and condemn him with our fists of fury. We'll raise our hands up and surrender and worship him. I'm telling you, in times of confusion, don't doubt God. Seek God. Call out to God in the day of trouble, and he will hear you, and he will help you. And so in all of this, every day, every dollar, every decision, every disagreement, and every difficulty, we need to start with God. But we don't need to do any of it alone. We need to do all of it surrounded by God's people. Check out this video.
1: Nothing gave me a, a bad taste for a small group. I just didn't feel like I needed it. The more Levi would get up and say, if you're not joined a small group yet, you're really missing out. I would be like, I don't want to join a small group, but I started to be convicted, actually. And then Carol showed up, and she just happened to be sitting behind me where I had decided that during the give high fives time that Levi asked us to visit, that I was just going to turn around to whoever was behind me and visit with them. I said, hello, I'm Terry. And she said, hi, I'm Carol. Do you go here often? And I said, I do, actually, every Saturday night. Oh, for how long? Seven years. Oh, so you're probably in a small group already. Um, No, actually, I'm not in a small group at all.
2: I ran into Eric Brandeberry and he said that they were starting up this new thing called Fresh Life Students and I should come. And so I thought I'd give it a try and I went the first time and just loved it.
1: I've been with the group for seven months. We've had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Knowing that you've got prayer warriors, they are there praying and loving on you and I know they've got my back and I've got theirs. And so if I need anything or they need anything, all we have to do is pick up the phone.
2: I wasn't in a grove. I didn't have anybody that I was seeing regularly. I hit a season of depression, and I didn't know what to do. At my job, a lot of people smoked, and so it just became easy to pick up a cigarette, smoke away the stress. I didn't have anybody to keep me accountable. They could help me try to kick it when it first started. It was me trying to take on my own problems by myself. I went to my students' group, and talked to them about it, and I didn't get a single look of judgment. They were just there, and they supported me. People in my group have definitely helped me realize that hard times are going to to come and it's just depending on God instead of a substance that's going to get you through that.
1: I think the bigger the grove the better we are. We're stronger in numbers and what I like about my small group I needed to step out of the people I know to meet more people at Fresh Life and by doing that my small group just by being with them I've met their friends so I'm meeting more people and so the grove just gets bigger.
2: Once I started coming to students, I opened up. I told people about how I was feeling, about how I didn't feel loved, even though I knew there were people that were there. Again, they didn't show anything but love and support for me. They helped me realize that I'm loved, even when it doesn't feel like it. There's always a way out of things. Every time I've slipped, they've just picked me back up and reminded me that they're here and that I'm loved.
0: He's made the conversation so much easier just for people to open up and be transparent themselves. I just love the fact that he's willing to share the things that are tough, but run it together.
2: Man, we love Nathan and love serving with him, love having him. He's a talented guy that could do a lot of different things. I know he's still going through some stuff. Now he's got some people around him, some people that love him. And now there's a church and a family there to lift him up when things are tough.
0: That girl has got a heart. She's not hard to love. I mean, I, as soon as she walks in the door, mm-hmm. you get a hug. You know, she is absolutely on fire for the Lord.
1: Being in a small group has opened me up a little more to not be so quick in, quick out. And w- what that did to me, which I now I look back and can see it, I was feeling pretty lonesome in a big church in that no one cares I'm here, no one even notices but I've been doing that to myself. If you don't want to be noticed, you won't be noticed. If you don't want to be loved on, you won't be loved on. So when I come to church on Saturday nights or when I'm working hospitality in the side room, there's some faces that I know and it feels good to be able to say hello to someone and not just scurry out the door and get in your car.
2: I was definitely hesitant the first time. I didn't really want to meet new people. But I would just say, deal with being uncomfortable for like an hour or so. Because if it turns out to be the thing that saves you, then that hour of being uncomfortable is definitely worth it.
1: My group members have been the church for me a lot this summer as... I have faced some tremendous loss in my personal life with certain people in in the family where this group of people have just come alongside me and prayed and gave me their wisdom, and so they can kind of show me what it's going to look like a little bit further down the road and to remind me that the Lord's got me the whole time. I love them to pieces. They've got me.
0: Great. What Terry and Nathan discovered is what we all need to realize, and that's that we is always better than me. Yeah. We is always stronger than me. stronger than me. And so when do we do this? When do we need to get into a group? The answer is before the difficult times come. Look what Proverbs 24 says on the subject. It says, if you fall to pieces in the midst of a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. And I think really what a lot of times people discover when life gets hard is that they didn't put the right rhythms and support systems in place to make it through. They weren't building a life that was stormproof. And what groups will do for you if you're willing to be vulnerable, if you're willing to be exposed, if you're willing to put yourself out there and just say, I'm just going to just, just run into the midst of this awkwardness and run into the midst of what my normal inclination would be, is to come to the rah, rah, rah on the weekend, but not be doing life with people who are going to help you out in the real thick of it, uh, Monday through Friday, is you're not going to experience the power that can bring stability to you. And you will faint in the day of adversity because your strength is small. And you'll be, you'll, you'll be jaded. You'll say, oh. The church isn't, didn't, didn't do it for me, Didn't, but you never really put yourself out there and got all that God has for you out of it. So I want you, every one of you, to write down this address groups.freshlife.church. Groups.freshlife.church. I want every single person in this church to get into a group. We got hundreds of groups in every city, 11 different cities full of groups that we have worked so hard to put together. So there's every station of life imaginable, a group for you. And uh, it's not for life. You're signing up. If, it's, if it doesn't work out after a while, you can change groups. It's no big deal. But just give it a shot. Next weekend at every single Fresh Life location and all across week, the week too, because now Billings has had a Wednesday night for a long time. But Polson's adding a midweek worship experience. We're excited for Polson. 7 o'clock Wednesday night right there in Polson. But but at every campus all next week, we're doing these things called student launch events. We want junior high and high school students to be in small groups with people who can be encouraging them. High school's hard. Junior high's hard. We, you need to be in a group. Otherwise, this peer pressure is almost uh, uh, impossible to overcome. So so we're doing these big launch events at every location so that they can bring their friends, all the students can. you got to be there for those. Get into a group. If you're married, get into a group. If you're single, get into a group. If you're empty nester, get into a group. If you're a business professional, get into a group. If you're a kayaker with left-handed proclivities, get into a group. We want everybody in a group at this church so there can be strength, so God can be the shelter He wants to be to you in the midst of your heart being broken. Come on, jump up to your feet. Let's sing out that song one more time. Thank you, Jesus, for being a refuge for us. take time to just come around the idea of uh, how to begin a relationship with God. If we're going to start with God, for for some of you, quite literally, the first step is to start with Him. You know, Maybe you've grown up in church, and religion is just very comfortable and normal for you. Maybe you're at our church this week, and this is all foreign to you. And you have really no idea what's happening, but you can't deny that you're feeling something, you're sensing something. Let me explain a little bit about what's happening. Um, The Bible says that we're all sinners that's a problem because where sin comes, comes death, separation. And that's what death means. Death is separation. When you die, you're separated from this world. When we die spiritually, we're separated from God. And because we're all moving towards the grave physically, separated from him, when we stand before him, the Bible says we'll stand before God to be judged. Our death separates us from God forever. And that's what the Bible describes as hell. But that's not what God wants for you. Jesus was so in love with you. God, so in love with you. He was willing to die for you on the cross. The Bible says he paid for your sins. Listen, Jesus hung on that cross 2,000 years ago, and all of your sin and my sin was laid upon him. He, he paid a debt he didn't owe, because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. He died for you, and because he is God and sinless, he rose from the dead on the third day ascended to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit into the world. This is the gospel. And the Spirit of God knocks at men and women's hearts and gives us a chance to get right with God, not on our merit, not because of good behavior, but because of what Jesus did on our behalf. Now, when that happens, when he knocks, sometimes people say, I'll do it later. They shrug it off. I'll get right with God later. I'm having fun. I'm young now, not realizing what a vapor life is. And other people say, I'll do it next invitation. I'll do it next time. I'll do it Easter. I'll I'll get right with God eventually. But here's the danger of that. We never know when life will end. And we never know when our last opportunity to be saved comes. Because scripture says, and I don't love it, but it's what it says. You can't come to God whenever you want. You can only come as the Father draws you. So only as the Spirit draws are you given that chance. And eventually for all of us comes the final opportunity. You know, it's been heartbreaking watching FEMA describes some of these cities where they've said, hey, come out, leave, evacuate, mandatory evacuation. And then finally, they, they've been running. I saw on the ticker of CNN just this, this last little bit, they said, if you're in there still, you're on your own. You're on your own. They're telling people to write their social security number on their arm so when they come floating by, they're easier to identify later. I mean, that's literally the kind of stuff you're hearing on the news from the governor of Florida and the director of FEMA. And it's just like, what? That people would, would, I've heard it, nah, it's good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, and every time people die because they, they played with their own life. And to think about spiritually, the same thing happened. Here's Jesus, for many of you, knocking on the door of your heart, and sometimes we think, I'll do it later, and, and, and not having any idea when that last chance will come. So what I urge you to do is what the Bible says. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Your God loves you and wants to save you, but you have to open the door of your heart to him. No one can make you follow Jesus. Some of you, that's been an attitude that, arms crossed, you can't make me believe. I wouldn't even try. All, I, all I'm supposed to do is tell you what the good news says and leave it to the Holy Spirit in your heart. Would you pray with me? All of us bowing our heads, closing our eyes. Fathers, we give space for salvation to occur, knowing it takes the collision of divine and human energy. We just ask that there would be a response to your spirit in many hearts. And as our heads are bowed, our eyes eyes are closed, if you would like to trust Christ for salvation, if you would like to turn from your sins and be forgiven because of what Christ did on the cross, if you'd like to go to heaven when you die and receive hope while you live, I want you to pray this prayer out loud after me. I'm going to say it piece by piece. Just say it to God. Make it your prayer to Him. I'm not a priest. This is your moment with God. I'm just giving you words to say. I'm going to ask the church family to pray it with you to show you that we're proud to be your family as you make this decision. Everyone, Church Online, you can join in as well. Say this out loud to God. Say this, say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. Please come into my heart and make me new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. I need your life. I need your strength. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to be born again. In Jesus' name I pray.
3: What an incredible message. Thank you so much for joining us in this teaching from Fresh Life Church. If while you were watching, you made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. We would love to connect with you. We would love to send you a 21 day devotional through the book of John, written by Pastor Levi. To receive that, you can text the word Fresh Life to 99,000 or you can click the Know God tab on the website at FreshLife.Church. If you've been impacted by what God is doing through Fresh Life Church, we would love to hear from you. You can click on the Share Your Story tab, or you can email us at story at FreshLife.Church. These stories are incredibly encouraging to both our staff and our church family. Finally, if you guys would like to partner with us financially and support what God is doing in and through Fresh Life Church, you can text the word fresh, to 45777. You can also give online at the website, or you can give via the Fresh Life app. Thank you so much for watching.